This is Brandon Clay with BCS Daily Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in as always. Great way to start the week. A lot of news, some analysis from the weekend and a couple of thoughts. We'll start with Meg Newman out of Indianapolis to Arizona State. Uh, Newman is an elite 50 prospect and one of the top 15 forwards in the country. Coming off the board, headed to the Pac-12 school. Had the opportunity to work with Newman on floor uh, in Atlanta in August and then again in Indianapolis in September. And have been able to go back and forth with her quite a bit since then about her game, her recruitment, all these things that are happening. Arizona State's always been in the mix. And I think after the home visit, uh, you know, came and went right before coronavirus shut the shut the country down. Uh, she was really comfortable with Charlie Turner Thorne and kind of what they're putting together out west uh, in what honestly is probably the best league in America right now, women's basketball, as far as the Pac-12 goes. Arizona State coming off a good year. And then obviously Newman is a kid who can go in and potentially help. I actually told a news reporter this evening from out there with Devil's Digest that I think Newman's versatility I've talked about our curiosity, you know, in terms of evaluations and wanting to be better and wanting to be great. But it's our versatility that really intrigues me long term. Uh, you know, you can go big, you can play her at the three, I believe. You can go small, you could play her at the five. I gave him the reference of Kevin Love in Cleveland. Uh, you know, when he got in fantastic shape there alongside LeBron and they made those runs there in the finals. Newman has some of that to her game, the way that Love expanded to become a really good corner three-point shooter. Uh, you know, maybe it's the trail pocket three for Newman, but one way or the other, I think that that's a shot that if she could continue to work on mastering, it's going to put herself in a great position to be able to contribute earlier in her career than later out there in Tempe. On the coaching front, Vic Schaefer, been to the Final Four two times in Starkville, Mississippi, uh, has really done a great job of, of you know, turning that program into another level, to another corner in the stratosphere when you talk about women's basketball. He's leaving to take the job at Texas that vacated uh, late last week when the administration decided they were not going to renew the contract of current coach Karen Aston. Um, you know, huge, huge news in the sports world. You know, people talk about, obviously, the job that, that Aston did, you know, putting Texas in a position where she was winning 70-plus percent of her games, and there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, Del Conte there, the AD in Austin, you know, had a line and and had Vic on the line, and Vic was like, yeah, if it's open, I'll take it, and here we are, uh, big time hire. You know, how often do you are you able to get somebody who has been the head coach, you know, not even first assistant, recruiting coordinator, whatever, but the head coach in two national title games, uh, decorated, and has done just a great job in the game for a long, long time. Goes back home to a state that he's so familiar with, having spent all those years at Texas A&M, and now will be in charge of the Longhorns. Uh, it was almost hard to get a grasp on it, you know, as it kind of came through. I had talked with another Power 5 coach earlier in the day about it, and we were like, yeah, you know, that would be an ideal fit, obviously, because of the Texas ties and even the job that he's done at Mississippi State. You know, if they can afford to open up the, the checkbook and get him over there, um, and obviously puts him close to his family and some things like that. And sure enough, that's the case. So be interested to keep tabs. Obviously, Texas is a roster that has some pieces. You know, you have to assume that Charlie Collier will come back right before he went on air. So Les Taylor said that she will be returning now that the news is out that Vic will be coaching. Have to assume that Charlie Collier is going to do the same. 
Shea Holly's coming in in the freshman class. So they've got some pieces in all the different classes that are, are workable pieces and, and in theory could put you right there back at the top of the league alongside Baylor, which is where Aston really struggled. You look at the record against Baylor and it just wasn't very good. The people of Texas want to beat Baylor. So Vic Shaver's going to get a couple of dollars to try to do just that. Mariah Fletcher, 2020 available forward. I actually had a chance to talk with a school that's recruiting her today. And one of the things that I said about her that she showed me both with Eagles Landing and with her time with OMG TGE, uh, Brandon Clay Scouting family during the summer, is she plays as hard as any forward available, maybe in the entire Southeast region, but definitely inside the Peach State. Gets up and down, she's active, runs the floor well, can finish. Really just a jack of all trades, a real utility kid. I just mentioned Shea Holly a minute ago. And Fletcher has some similar characteristics. Maybe not as good a spot shooter as Holly is at this particular point. But the same type of versatility that Holly could bring to a Texas, I think that Fletcher could bring to her next stop. I know multiple offers in the past 10 days and honestly one of the hottest recruits inside the region right now availability wise keep an eye on it. if you haven't made calls you should mariah fletcher one to know switching to the boys side one to watch class of 2022 post player tony carpio out of pinecrest academy i think with the gap now obviously the boys spring evaluation weekends and the girls have both been canceled and it looks like that the pandemic could extend that into july and we might not get a summer so you start to talk about ways to market yourself obviously fletcher was a part of our program where we help promote kids and their skill sets another young man who's an ideal candidate for something like that is tony carpio a lot of people still don't know about him Good length, size in the middle. He was at our Brandon Clay Scouting Top 40 Training Academy. And I sent a tweet out last week. He never took a rep off. I mean, you talk about three hours, including gameplay. And it's hard. At some point, you're like, yo, man, leave me alone. You know, I'm, I'm in their ears pretty good. You know, really talking technique. Not barking just to bark, but talking technique, talking about improvement. I want those guys to feel like when they walk out of that door that they're better than they were when they came in. And if we did that... Hopefully, they'll come back and we can continue to build. Carpio was fantastic, uh, trying to stretch his range a little bit, um, you know, just asking him to do some things offensively, ball handling-wise. I think there's just a world of potential there. It reminds me of, you know, one of the Orr uh, brothers, you know, that played at Banks County. They've had three of them there, and all three have gone on to play collegiately um, at different places. You know, Dakota will be the last one. He projects in the 21 class as a college prospect without question. It's just a matter of where, not if. Carpio has a lot of that same type of bounce to his game, same type of look, height. In theory, would be another one in the lineage. So definitely one to keep an eye on, especially if we don't have the summer. You're going to want to make sure that you've got him on your 22 list. I'm a big fan. Last but not least, we're going to dial it back. Take it back to 2016, Ashton Hagens, when he was in high school, he actually just declared for the NBA draft uh, You know, this weekend, coming out of the University of Kentucky. One of the best defensive guards in the country this year was a finalist for the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year Award, and rightfully so. Um, you know, Just a fantastic worker, and always has been. Has always come in, and we talk about you know, people acting like dinner's on the table, and he's always been that kind of guy. 
you know, the, the easy comparison right now is to go to like Pat Beverly or something. Uh, he, he might not be that vocal. That's a different type of vocal there. But I do like what Higgins brings to the table, even back to watching him in a matchup in 2016 at the Elite 100 Nike-sponsored youth event against Cole Anthony. Anthony's name was buzzing. We all knew who he was. People knew about Higgins, but we didn't know like that. Uh, you know, especially from a national context. Obviously, if you had seen him, he's from Georgia, from the Peach State, Newton County. My parents grew up in Newton, so I was really familiar with him from a young age. But you hadn't seen him in that type of stage and environment. And he wanted, as they would say, all the smoke. He was looking for Anthony. He wanted the one-on-one matchups on both ends. And I think it was in that moment that I really started to understand what we had there Yo, this kid can play, man. He He's dialed in. He has all the physical tools. He's a big guard. Got a chance to see him line up for Chris Williams' team on the club circuit next to Christian Brown that July at the On the Radar Hoops. Biggest shout-out to Sean Williams at his uh, Super 6 event and left just as impressed. Actually pulled Chris to the side afterwards like, hey, these two guys got a real chance, man. And Hagen's, because of his size, a legitimate 6'4", six, 6'5", six, but – and just strong, uh, you know, it's going to be something to watch him as he continues to to prepare for, you know, the upcoming season and to see kind of where his body takes him over the next couple of years. He continues to mature and fill out because all the physical tools and gifts are there. Look forward to keeping track on him. Like I told y'all, packed episode today. We'll be back tomorrow. As always, until then, this is Brandon Clay, Any Gym is Home.